Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Nova Insider Network. What is that, Chris? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me more. Tell me more. What did I just say? (laughs) Um, More news on that coming. You might have seen that we've been making some branding adjustments of late. You will Mm. see that start to pour out on on the socials. I have been told that my that our old logo is uh, is a hell of a brand on Twitter, uh, but we are going to make a change, but I'm phasing it in slowly so that everyone knows it's me. It's, it's an evolution. It's an evolution. It's That's not a full scale change. It's a natural elevation and logical next step for a brand and a podcast that has continued to elevate the discussion about Villanova basketball, giving the people what they need. Doing God's work. That's, that's what we're that's what we're here for. That's that is why that's what we do. We do. That's what we do. We're excited. Um, before we get started, this episode of the Full Forty is brought to you by Villanova's Club of New York City pregame show, featuring yours truly, the Full Forty. Wow! And and, and Chris Nataro from Villanova Tip Time. That's right. We will be at Crompton Alehouse before every Villanova game this Big East tournament week. So Thursday, 5 p.m., Crompton Alehouse, the corner of 26th and 7th Avenue, just five blocks south of MSG. We will be there doing a preview thing for about an hour, hour and a half, maybe. We'll be talking a little bit, a couple segments, so to speak. Yeah, a little Q&A, calm, you want to chat, whatever. We'll be live over the loudspeaker. We're working on figuring out the technical stuff that's not our realm. We're not even going to have Brian, so it could be a shit show, but probably (laughs) will be awesome. Um, And in terms of getting that recorded, I wouldn't have much expectations. (laughs) No, definitely leave the expectations. Yeah, yeah, check your expectations. So you got to be there. So you got to be there live. Otherwise- You'll That's exactly it. right. There's going to be drink specials at Crompton. Uh, right. We haven't figured we'll, that more info will come um, from the Villanova alumni email situation. Uh, so, so stay on the lookout for that. Make sure you follow us at the full 40 Nova insider. Make sure you follow Villanova club NYC guys. We'd love to see you guys pack Crompton Alehouse prior to all of our big East games. If we advance on Thursday, which we'll get into later, we expect to, um, we will be again live at around 5 p.m. on Friday. And if, we, and if we advance there, we'll be again live from Crompton. Now, it was around 4.30 that time to preview the Unreal. championship. So Unreal. that's what this episode is brought to you by. We are going live. Rob, we tried to do this two years ago and COVID said, we did you guys. Absolutely. But we don't stop. We don't stop. We can't stop. Don't stop, won't stop, can't stop. That's right. Yeah, man, that was that was wild. That was two years ago. We're back. We're back. We're back. So on Let's the go. topic of bars and drinking, what are you drinking tonight, Rob? Well, uh, I'm just lazy. I haven't gone back to the liquor store. So I'm continuing with my tealing oh, plug man. here. It's really delicious. I must just say. sticking with the tealing. I love it. 
Hey, if it's working, just like if it's working for Villanova, let's keep going. I said earlier that I was going to stick with the maker's mark until we lost. We did lose to UConn before that. Last week, I was drinking some random redemption shit, which we did redeem ourselves this past week. Absolutely. But this year, I have one of my favorite. This week, I have one of my favorites. This is a Glenlivet 14-year scotch. Nice. Cognac cask. So it is. it was... Finished in a cognac cast. There's a little bit of sweetness, yeah, yeah. but otherwise uh, delicious scotch. So sounds, sounds good. It's March. It's scotch time, baby. It's scotch time. It's I scotch. Like it. You got to break out the heavy hitters now. We're, 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 we're going deep. No, no excuses. No, no excuses. excuses. Speaking of no excuses, look at this beautifulness right here. I'm wearing my new, new home field gear, Nova Nation with the screeching wildcat. It's pretty, it's pretty dope shirt if I don't say so myself. It is pretty dope. It is pretty dope. All right, Rob. We got to get started. We do have to get started here. And um, let's start off. Let's talk about the week. You actually got down to campus, which I'm super jealous of. You were down there with Brian to see arguably one of the biggest pavilion games in recent memory. Because as we all know, Villanova obviously puts the big games the big matchups at the Wells Fargo Center typically. Actually, this year we put the big matchups away at uh, away games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We just didn't even bother. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like we usually put on Wells Fargo. And then, I, I mean, realistically, like nobody expected Providence to be that good for what it's worth. Right. So this game ended up to be at the Billion, which is awesome. Like, I love that we can pack a bunch of people into the Wells Fargo Center. But it's super cool to have the on-campus experience with a great team and a great atmosphere. So how was it? Was the was the fin rocking as much as I guess it does rock? How often do you get a top 10 opponent at the pavilion? Very rarely. And then how often do you get a big opponent at the pavilion? And it's also a break rate. Now that <laughs> that is a Villanova special, right? There. It, it really, it really is. <laughs> that it, it that totally is chance. a thing that seems to only happen on Villanova's campus. Now, agree to your point, but Providence got hit the schedule, was put at the pavilion, et cetera. We're trying to play more games at the pavilion this year because of the NCAA having course, Philadelphia in the East region, blah, blah, blah. All that being said, I thought the fans availed themselves kind of well. I think, by the way, this is, and this is an okay. interesting point. This is an interesting point. In the actual building itself. Yeah sounds a lot different than it does on television because i was getting a lot of pings a lot of commentary on the post-game spaces that night saying villanova fans were fucking quiet blah 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 blah. hey hey, hey, sorry can can, can i pause real quick so we we mentioned this later with fanta too so you mentioned spaces that everybody may be familiar with that so one thing we've gotten in the habit of doing and you i think even a little bit more than me taking advantage of Twitter spaces, which is basically a live discussion that happens on Twitter. We'll typically do it after some of the big games. So just for our listeners, be on the lookout for those. Make sure to follow uh, our Twitter account and Chris will be sending out some blasts around that. Anyway, I cut you off. Go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Being that I will be in the garden though uh, uh, this week, it might be a little bit lower on the Twitter spaces count. Um, Yeah. so 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 just be mindful of that. Um, anyway, sorry. Totes my goats. Yeah. So, so where was I? I was at, oh, so. Kicking so, things, yeah. Yeah, on the post-game Twitter spaces, people were like, 
people were like, oh, it sounded quiet in there, etc. And look, for the most part of the game, it was a little bit quieter than I would have liked, especially given the fact that the student section wasn't full of students because they were on break, but credit when credit's due to the students. I think the students stuck around a little bit more than was expected um, of them. So oh. credit when credit's due, couple shout outs to make there. Um, a guy named Ryan Hartnett, you got Pat Carney, you got Liam Shea. There's a couple, there's a bunch of students who interact with us on Twitter who were leading the charge. They brought asterisks into the building, um, which was a great fucking providence. That's good. So That's I good. thought there was some good action. Okay, okay. Right, right. I, I, I'm, 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 pro I'm professing hope about this Villanova student body right now. And, and they're interacting with me and they're saying, Chris, how do we do better? How do we do better? What, what feedback do you have? And I got to be honest with you. I want you're, you're not a leader, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not a, it's a, wow, that's, a, that's a personal throwback reference from 15 years ago. But <laughs> people don't forget. People um, don't forget. <laughs> uh, but anyway, people are reaching out to me. Chris, what do we do? You know who would be nice if they reached out to me? The Nation. Hello. Reach out. We've been oh, calling your ass out on our podcast. Putting on blast. Yeah. Reach out to us. We'll tell you how to do better. We know how to do it. We did it ourselves. So. I, yeah. I will say, though, I will say there, there's something to be said for the organic nature of it, right? Yes. So, like, the nation is a little bit more formal. My advice for what it's worth is, like, you're going to be most effective convincing your friends who are generally on the same wavelength as you anyway get them involved, get them committed. All it takes is a little bit of peer pressure. People see other people cheering, they tend to cheer as well too. So just kind of start expanding that circle. Think strategically about where people are sitting, et cetera. Wow, now we're going to do tactics. I but I, but I have time. but I have what I'm saying here, Rob, is that I have hope on, in the go that's, forward. That's good. So we're now exiting the on-campus yeah. section of the schedule. We are now moved on to March tournaments, et cetera. So that's over for now. Um, so you know what, like good, good on them. We got some things going in the right direction next year. We got to talk. So Truth. Trump blast Truth. for next season. Anyway, should we talk about the, the week end, that was, well, 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 I got to finish oh, this. You got more. You got more. Okay. At the end of the game, when yeah. it came down to crunch time, everyone in that building stepped the fuck up. It was okay. loud in okay. that building at the end of the game. I don't know what it sounded like on television. It was loud in the arena. Um, and I think that the crowd definitely brought it at the end and helped Villanova seal the deal down the stretch. In addition to, if I'm being completely honest, a referee who might've closed his eyes when Caleb Daniels took about 17 steps um, uh, on a potential travel. But hey, we'll on, the, on the point of Caleb Daniels, let's jump right into that. Let's give it. Right? Our alpha dog of the week. Arf, arf. Arf, arf, Caleb Daniels. On the last podcast, this starts here. On the last podcast, we said Villanova lost to UConn because Caleb Daniels missed the front end of a one-and-one -one down the stretch. It led to a, dumb, a whole sequence. It wasn't just him. A whole sequence of bad things that happened. Caleb Daniels, A, scored 20 in that game and was Phenomenal. lightning hot from three. Uh, but in addition to that, was the one who was on the foul line most of the end of that game. And what did he do? Sunk every fucking free throw. Unreal. That is fucking dude shit dude, right there you, you I love can't that. you can't draw that up any better right because because here's like the alternative world scenario camp daniels is kind of the um the goat at the end of the yukon game he misses the free throws let's say the end of the providence game doesn't go quite the same 
we now have a narrative, and Caleb doesn't have a chance to redeem himself. We now have a narrative of, well, Villanova's good at free throws, but you know, is Caleb in his head? Is the confidence gone a little? Like, how is that going to shake out? And now we're into postseason play, and now you're like, well, is, is this guy quite as reliable as we had been seeing him? Does this shift, you know, how the team is playing? It doesn't shift how we're playing together, but does it shift outcomes of games, right? You very rarely directly get an opportunity for one single player to be put basically in that same pressure situation against a top and even better team and be able to deliver. So the fact that he was able to do this absolutely warrants the alpha dog of the week. Just unreal, stone-cold performance by Caleb Daniels. And we've talked about it for a few weeks now. He is playing, I think this is a broader theme, it's probably a narrative of the balance that Villanova has been showing the past few weeks. Caleb Daniels is an integral part of it. We had been saying we want him a little bit more consistently in double digits. He's been delivering that and 20 points just coming out. I believe that's his, his season high right now. Like yeah, what a great high. time to come out with that. So he followed up also, you know, nice performance against Butler. Butler's 11 points, whatever. Against 11 Butler. 11 and four. Great hat tip to Mr. Caleb. You'll be uh, tagged on the IG with that beautiful dog image and graphic that we add to our, our that's exactly well. right caleb that's daniels right. we already collected the mea culpas those are yeah. already in the rearview mirror Lovely. everyone get on the board of the caleb Woo-hoo. daniels train it has left the station and we're chugging to new orleans as a result where he's from so boom let's go <laughs> <laughs> are you ready i'm ready yeah. Oh man, Send that's caleb daniels home villanova let's go i like it i like it yeah. that should be the theme yeah. Ooh, Caleb's Caleb return. Home, hashtag Caleb's return. Caleb homecoming. Hashtag yes. Caleb homecoming. Boom. I'm, I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here all for right. it. All right. All right. All right, baby. All right. All right. Let's go. So moving right along, I want to go right to our Shaq Fit Man play of the week. Oh. Um, because, because, hey, we had two contestants, but one was just, one was clear. So let me mention the runner up first. Yeah. And, and I will say, after a dearth, we had a few weeks where we're kind of like, oh, I guess we'll call this play a chef. But we got, we got two really good candidates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have two excellent candidates. Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, no, I cut you off. Go no, ahead. On yeah. any other week, on any other week, Jermaine Samuels versus Butler gets a ball out deep, up fake, takes off into the lane, and throws down a rim rocker. And absolutely would have been the Shaq Fit Man play of the week. That's the that's the Jermaine Samuels that we've wanted all fucking season long, right? Without a doubt. Like, like we want that Jermaine. And it appears that that Jermaine might be have arrived. Because uh, all of a sudden, he's got some double-digit points. hey Could be could be a thing. Got the boot goes. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like to see it. Jermaine's trending positively. We talked about getting contributions and balance, etc. I am have to say though that perhaps the guy who scored the least amount of points against Providence scored the loudest points against Providence. And that was the Shaq fit man play of the week. Everybody knows it's already done. Brandon Slater absolutely destroys the entire state of Rhode Island in an utter fucking posterization dunk that could live in infamy it was just unbelievable it was the declaration of war against providence it was it was unbelievable and rob where i was positioned i was like on that baseline where it happened so good rob 
the, the pictures on television, the, I mean, the videos, the, the replays don't do it justice. This thing was this thing was visceral. Did, it was the angry. Stadium, stadium just like erupt when it happened. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Like it was it was uh, it was utterly and it's, 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 early, it's early in the game too, so that starts to set the tone of like this is what this game is going to be. Get ready, and and we absolutely like, took off from that. That first half was electric. Well, it, it was important because because the game and how it played out. They scored. They hit like three or four threes like early on, like right to start the game. So you felt like, oh, God, here we go. Like, you know, A.J. Reeves has been shooting the lights out of the ball lately. Like, they're all of a sudden hitting everything. Fuck, how is this going to go here? They did that in the second half, too, by the way. But they did it, especially in the start of the game. And we're thinking, you know, people are thinking like, oh, God, Villanova's going to get into this, blah, 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 whatever. Brandon Slater comes in and just delivers. Yeah. And that kind of energized the crowd, kind of turned the momentum. Momentum had already started to turn, but it really shifted the the yeah. control narrative of that first half and then and then it was awesome going down the stretch i mean there's so many points of that game that you could point to but i thought that the two for one that we got at the end of the first half mm. as well so moving off of the shack fit man play the yeah. two for one at the end of the first half that we got was mission critical to it because that put them down 14 they came back to tie the game uh, but but that kind of put a lot of separation between us they had to expend a lot of energy to get back into that game. And they did to their credit, but we were able to, we were able to stay steady because they had to fight so hard to get even back into it. Yeah. Um, so awesome. I, look, I thought this game was great. I look, I, one of the things that I did, and I might be calling this the um, pass the fucking ball award of the week and might give it as like a team award um, or a team or a team kill because they li- leave it, let another team back in for up 14. Uh, I, some of that is to do with the fact that Providence was scorching from deep and I'm willing to write that off a little bit, but you're going to face teams like that in March. So you, you, I, know, you know, we, we need a rule. We need a rule. Yeah. We can't be giving awards to the team. These are individual awards. Well, so, if, so, so if, so that's what I'm going to say, I was going to say, if there's no logical, similar to the conversation we had last week, if there's no logical winner, nobody gets the award. That could be okay. We can have a stellar game. We can have a great week where he says nobody's standing out. It's my point last last week when we didn't have an alpha dog in my mind. Maybe we don't have a pass the fucking which is great. We don't want pass the fucking ball award winners in March. That is the opposite of what we want. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So this is actually a comment of this pissed me off. <laughs> Fair enough. And you're allowed. You're allowed to have that. Yeah. Um, so you know what did not piss me off. The effort yesterday versus Butler. We're recording this. It's Sunday. Yeah. It's right around noon at this point. Um, and Butler game was yesterday. Our effort versus Butler did not piss me off yesterday one bit. The one Great. thing, totally. the one question that had to get answered in that game was, is Villanova going to play a bullshitty game? Two weeks ago, we played Georgetown, and it was a bullshitty game. Like It totally. looked like they were just not focused. It was senior night. Maybe there's a number of reasons that you could point to excuses or whatever why that game was not as good as it should have been. Whatever. Yeah. At Hinkle, where we've had struggles, where we've lost as a top 10 team four out of the last five years, like, was Villanova going to show up and show out at Hinkle Fieldhouse? And I had a question right away. And we, we previewed Butler and I said, I don't know. Like, I think we're going to kick this team's ass. This team is not a good matchup. I mean, they're, we're a bad matchup for them. Uh, we, should, we should beat their ass. But then I, as the week went on, I was like, ah, oh, but we're going to play at Hinkle. Oh, man. That place sucks. Like whatever. We we got to get this win because we just need to back up the rest of the regular season with a win like that. 
No, we did. There was no bullshit coming out of that locker room yesterday. Not a single singular smidge of bullshit amongst the team yesterday. Just and, a complete end-to-end performance. And that's how you want to end the season, then the regular season, right? It's like, look, okay, you didn't win the Big East regular season title. We can we can discuss with the asterisks, et cetera, but you didn't. That's fine. But finishing the regular season the way this team did with clutch free throws and a redemption opportunity by a critical player, because there is no bench. Let's be clear. We just have six starters at this point. Um, That that's a narrative. We can come back to that. Um, Having that redemption opportunity, absolutely huge. And then just saying, yep, we're good. We know who we are. This team has an identity. And I think we've knocked this team a little bit throughout the season of like, ah, you know, what does this team look like? Who, who is this team? Is this team more than Justin and Colin? And what we're starting to see is the answer is yes. And we're starting to see this team coalesce together, become a lot more well-rounded and you need to see this consistent, no bullshit effort because when you get into the tournament, those first, really those first two games need to be no bullshit efforts. Like, we're going to be favored to win those first two games. We need to bring that same attitude of we're better than this team. We know who we are. We're going to go out there. We're going to play a full fucking 40 minutes of Villanova basketball. And we're just going to fucking stomp on them. That's the attitude that we need to have. I'm glad we finally exhibited that two games in a row. Let's fucking go postseason, baby. Bring it on. I couldn't say it better myself, Rob. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what you wanted to see wrapping up the season and i got news for you we lost to marquette on groundhogs day and then since that game we've since that game so the following month plus of basketball villanova's won every single game except losing at uconn by two points and a crazy finish yeah uh a lot of people aren't talking about this but um villanova looks pretty fucking good right now like 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 really fucking good coming into march right like like We've been following this team and kind of measuring it versus like our have we been have we been following this team, Chris? Yeah, well, but measuring it versus our warped narrative that 2016 and 2018 kind of put into our brains. But this team has six guys who can get you on a given night, right? Like, and 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 look, do we expect Jermaine and Brandon quite yet to get you on a different night? Maybe not, maybe not. But if people overhelp on Colin and Justin and Caleb, et cetera. If they leave, if they, if they, if they double down on Dixon, then Samuels and Slater are going to tear you up. I, I can't overstate how big Caleb's game was for this team and the potential of this team. The fact that he put up not even, okay. It's one thing to be like, Oh, you know, he put up 15 or 16 and ended up as a score to put up 20 great round number, awesome confidence boots and absolutely well articulated he is now the sixth starter i mean he has been already but he can contribute at that same level right and i think that's what's critical for this team and two things that i noticed this week that i wasn't necessarily expecting jordan longino for all the points that you made about the fact that we have six guys agreed jordan longino has been it seems like jay has re-entrusted him a little bit to play that seventh, eighth man role. I, I thought we were literally done. I thought it was literally six guys plus some arch. And that's it. Even if Jordan Longino gets five to seven minutes, that's, that's, that helps. It right. helps. And he, and he's six, five and he's strong. Yeah. So, so he can spell more, but he can also spell Samuels and Slater 
So it's that's a he's got like a Swiss Army knife kind of game where if he can hit from from deep, if 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 Jordan Longino can contribute seven minutes, a couple fouls, but like five points, yeah. that's that's big. That's that's big for this team. That's a lift that this team could use. Uh, and then Arch adds his own little bit of you know not turning the ball over all that. Yeah. Much. Like yeah. Right. The one question you talked about narrative, Brian Antoine. Guys, like some people were asking, what's going on with Antoine? What's going on with Antoine? What's going on? Uh, we don't fucking know. I have no but, idea. At this, but at this point, stop expecting him to play. Yeah. Because two things came out, right? He A, didn't really play at all this week, but he did play in bullshit time versus Butler yesterday, which means he's not injured, yeah. right? So, so, so if he's not injured and not playing, there's something going on. Yeah. Jay is not playing him. That's a question that we've been asking all season long. But at this point, we're turning the calendar to March. The team is who it is. We have plenty of offseason in front of us. Plenty of offseason in front of us to talk about all of that and unpack a lot of that garbage. But now is not the time to unpack it. We're not having that conversation anymore. Now, postseason team to set expectations is our six starters, a little bit of Longino, a little bit of arch when we need a ball handler and we're short. That's it. That's it. Done. Like you, you will, you will not see other people. Don't, don't have bigger expectations than that. Don't expect like, Oh, Jay's going to work a guy in now. No, no, he's not. It's over. Absolutely not. It's over. So this is, this is the team. These are your guys start rooting for them. Stop worrying about who else is not getting in and who else is getting in. That's a question for the off season. We're going to question all of that later. This is the guys that we're rolling with. And the yeah. question is, how far can these guys take us? And right now, it looks pretty fucking good. It looks right, pretty good. What looks, answer, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel much better about this team sitting here today than I did certainly a month ago, certainly two months ago, and even just a couple of weeks ago, too. Like, this is – this team's ready. Let, let's be clear. It's not 2016. It's not 2018. Um, though the coalescing of this team is closer – to 16 where we were what a two seed um yeah then then it was 2018 where it's like yeah this team coalesced but like they fucking stomped on everybody all season right this team is coming together the expectations we can raise the expectations a little bit above what they were because we've seen enough that makes this team more interesting and more dangerous and this team is getting healthy at the right time oh yeah we dealt with a lot of injuries we had to run through that. We had ankles. We had fucking knees. We had all kinds of shit. But this team, for the most part, is healthy. Everybody's going to be tired because they're running a lot. We've got a short bench, as we've discussed. But for the most part, it seems ready to go. Shaq yeah. Fit and the coaching staff had these guys firing. They are, they are good. They look healthy. And by the way, right before the Butler game, Jay said we got two consecutive days of practice for the very first time out of Colin and Justin. Full practices. So should these t- guys are healthy. Should we talk about, so what does this mean for the Big East tournament? So what does it mean for the Big East tournament? I want to get one more stat before, yeah. we get, before we get there. Over the course of the last five games, Villanova has shot 44% or more from three-point land. That's very good. Three out of the last five games. The other two games were a little bit more paltry. You could point to that as half, you know, glass half empty. But 33% in both, I think. Um, but... You're starting to see this team pick up the pace with three-point shooting. I'm not saying that this team is fully arrived from the three-point land, 
But if that trend were to continue where we start hitting more of our shots, yeah, you can raise this team's expectations quite a bit. Absolutely. That was one of the big knocks and was, I think, borderland. I couldn't remember if we gave it a narrative term or not, bordering on a narrative earlier this season that we had a good debate on, like, is this team a good three-point shooting team or not? And I'll stand by the assessment that I made at that point. At that point, we were not. But we're definitely starting to show a lot more consistency there than we had been, which is you know, I don't think this team lives and dies by the three as much as we historically have, but as to you, as you said, it raises the ceiling for this team a lot if we're hitting these pretty consistently. Yes. So talking about the Big East tournament and NCAA tournament, first plug after the break um, here in the podcast, we have John Fanta on. So, so he's going to be the guy who's going to give us all the information as to what to expect for the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament, but we can give a little preview here before we jump into that, right? So in terms of the Big East, we now know what the bracket looks like. Um, Villan- Providence got the one seed. We knew that. Villanova, who finished a half game ahead of Providence, got the two seed. Just feel the need to mention that little little note right there. A little, little sprinkle of information there. Just, a, just a chew sprinkle. on if you want to. Um, Villanova got the two seed. UConn got the three seed. Creighton got the four seed. Marquette got the five seed. Those are the five teams that got buys into the quarterfinals. So Providence gets the noon game versus the eight, nine winner. Um, Marquette and Prov- uh, Marquette and Creighton play the four five game immediately following the Providence um, eight, nine winner. And then we play at seven o'clock on Thursday night. Uh, we play the winner of DePaul and St. John's. And then UConn plays after us in the Thursday night session. Um, and they will play the winner of Seton Hall and Georgetown. So they'll play Seton Hall. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't Whoa. think there's any Patrick, Whoa. I don't think there's any Patrick Ewing magic coming out after an 0 and 19 season, soon to be 0 and 20, um, when they play Seton Hall on, fully, uh, fully defeated. Fully, fully defeated and full investment of confidence by the Georgetown brass. Um, in Patrick <laughs> it's, Ewing. A, it's a full, it's a full move. It's a full yeah. Move. Uh, but hey, 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 there's nowhere to go but up, baby. Nowhere to go hey, but we, up. We talk about lowering expectations, man. That fan base expectations, Woo! damn, that's rough. Yeah, the problem that's is rough. it's not even lower expectations anymore, it's just straight up indifference, and that's yeah. it kind of sucks. But that's anyway, so what are you looking at? Thursday night, our opponent is going to be DePaul or uh, St. John's, right? Setting that up, uh, going to be DePaul or St. John's. So they are going to play a high paced like kind of f- heavy physical game, which is exactly kind of what you want your opponents to play right before you play you. That's uh, true. Uh, a couple things about DePaul and St. John's. St. John's had a moment a few weeks back where they had, they got picked up a big win against Xavier, which everyone picked up a big win against Xavier down the stretch. Um, and they had an opportunity in their last four games to kind of maybe create a situation where they don't have to win the Big East tournament to get into the NCAA tournament except for the fact that they failed at that mission. Um, so, so they did not win. They need to win about at the time they need to win about three of four down the stretch and they won one of those games, I think. Yeah. And so it did not go well down the stretch for them. They, they won, they beat Xavier a second time. Um, but beyond that, they lost to Creighton after Cray, Creighton lost Ryan Nemhard in that game. Um, they still lost that game. They're just kind of kudos to Creighton, but also just like a really bad performance by St. John's to not get that win. 
they played a shit game against Marquette you know, yesterday. So, but they, but they locked down the seven seed only because Xavier has fallen off the wagon massively down the stretch and lost their way into the eight seed. DePaul, on the other hand, is Trav- kind of- Travis Steele looking like Travis Aluminum, yeah. if I will. Oh, Jesus hey, Christ. Oh. <laughs> DePaul, on the other hand, as a program, is kind of up on the upswing. They got six Big East wins this year in a good conference. Um, and look, but when you're going from Rob, Rob's making a face, but you're going from like winning like two games a year, like six wins is a, is a, is a thing. And here's the thing. They've played everyone tight. They've taken- um, That's true. They've played everybody tight. They've taken Providence to- um, overtime, they beat the piss out of Marquette earlier this week. They, um, they beat, uh, Seton Hall, uh, once or twice this season. Um, so they have had a good stretch run, uh, and have gotten better and they play really, really hard for Tony Stubblefield, who seems to have that program trending positively. That's going to be a hell of a seven ten game for, as far as seven ten games go. I think that's going to tire them out and we're going to face a tight, they're going to have their legs under them, but they're going to be tired going into our game. How is that going to play out? I think early on, we could take a punch in the, in the, in the face from one of these teams. As we get to the second half, our discipline, our, our focus, our intensity, our 50, 50 ball winning, et cetera, just kind of like the cultural things of Villanova basketball are going to take over. And I think we're going to win that game comfortably. It doesn't matter who we play. Doesn't matter who we play. Is it going to be? I, I would assume it's going to be St. John's, who's in front of the garden, kind of playing for their life, if you will. Could be DePaul. Either way, I think that we're going to match that team. This team's playing really too well. I, I, they're just not going to bullshit around. Like, could they have a situation where the game, where that team keeps it in them, keeps it in it early on because they're kind of coming off the fumes of the night before? Yeah, we see that happen all the time. But over the course of a game, I don't think it's going to. I don't think they're going to win. Totally agree. Uh, so, so I think we advance to the semifinal, uh, to the semifinals, and we'll play the winner Big of Friday UConn night. and Seton Hall in a massive Friday night game. Um, Big Friday night. The other side of the bracket, and we'll get into this with with uh, with uh, John Fanta later on. The other side of the bracket's interesting because that Thursday night, the Thursday day game, which we don't like the Thursday day game, but. Providence has a unique situation where they are playing nobody but Midwest teams, right? Like they get the winner of Xavier um, and oh my god, and Butler, right? So they get a Midwest team no matter what. Xavier struggled down the stretch. I think Xavier beats Butler, but but they they're going to get the winner of that game, right? And then they're going to have the winner of Marquette and Creighton. There's going to be no fans from the other teams. Uh, there, like it's yeah. not going to be so. So Providence kind of has a situation where they might just absorb the Garden on Thursday. I think Providence ends up getting their win that they need to advance to Friday night. Sure, and that sets up a Friday night where you're looking at Providence, Marquette or Creighton, UConn, and uh, sorry, UConn or Seton Hall and Villanova. And Friday night at the Garden is going to be absolute. Going to be fun. Going to be, be absolute shit show. Getting the but, door prices are literally two hundred dollars for. Just the ticket price, and then you add your StubHub fees on. It's probably going to be about a grand or so with the fees. So, uh, <laughs> but but in all seriousness, it's like it's going to be like two fifty out the door, like just to get in. Yeah, yeah, it's absurd. So if you want to, you could always go to the um, ACC tournament here, and let me tell you some of the games that they got going on there. Um, 
Hey, did, did you know it was Coach K's last game at, oh uh, at Cameron yesterday? Oh, my, my God. God. Can ESPN we talk about that? beat me sorry. over the head. Holy sorry, cow. sorry. I, I, we have to talk Gross. about this. We have Gross. To, we have to talk about this. Blech. We have to talk Ugh. about this. So after all that was made of Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor. Yes. Right? They invite in. They're number four in the country, right? Duke, right? Looking at potentially getting a one seed in the NCAA tournament. They invite in the UNC Tar Heels, their biggest rival. They're the most hated rival of all time. UNC Tar Heels, the team that lost to Pittsburgh, um, that, that got blown out by Pittsburgh, right? Right. Like a team that's just been absolutely fucking terrible all year. And what happens? They fucking lose. <laughs> No, absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Like you couldn't write it any better. He coach K afterwards had to yell at the fans to shut up so he could apologize for the effort that happened yesterday. It was it was unreal. It was unreal. ESPN made such a spectacle of it as they always do. Look, they literally have an a vested interest in making the ACC successful. So you know they're gonna do everything they can and make it as big a deal as they can. And Boom, nothing. Serves you right, ESPN. Serves you right, Duke. Suck it. Yep. So so here's what you could go to um, in the um, if you wanted to go to the ACC tournament. So uh, the the third the Wednesday night uh, the Wednesday night second round matchup, you could wait, you could uh, Virginia Tech versus Clemson or NC State. Classic. <laughs> yeah, Classic you know, Virginia, Virginia versus Louisville or Georgia Tech. So you can <laughs> No matter what, you're facing a bad team and a crime organization in Louisville. Uh, and then on, on Thursday night quarterfinals, you can see Notre Dame, unranked Notre Dame, who managed to get the two seed in the ACC tournament wow. uh, versus the Virginia Tech Clemson NC State winners, right? And then you can take North Carolina, fresh off their win versus number four Duke at Duke versus Virginia, Louisville, or Georgia Tech. Um, so then, so then just what you got, you can see that you can go there and you can spend about, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks and, and go to the ACC tournament instead. That is really, really uh, captivating set of games that I want to go see. That is rank rank. Oh, by the way, Syracuse, um, they get to play, uh, they get to play at noon on Wednesday. Yeah. That's the nine seed Syracuse. in the ACC tournament. Oh my gosh. They're yeah. so bad though. I got to say. The uh, that game is right around the corner from my house, so maybe I'll make an appearance. Oh no, I guess I'm obligated to uh, <laughs> to be at our pregame. So, <laughs> guess I guess I'll be there. There might be more people at our pregame than there will be in the Ooh, ooh <laughs> hot take, hot take. So oh, that's great. So let's talk Wait, a little. Sorry, okay. one one quick thing. Wednesday, getting the door prices for the uh, Florida State Syracuse Wake Forest game. Starting at six dollars. Oh, let's go, baby. Let's go. You get a hot dog, it's more expensive. <laughs> Amazing. It's oh so my good. god, that's fucking beautiful. That's really just good. terrific. Wow. Guys, right. I, I, honestly, honestly, the beers, even though there'll be, you know, even though there will be, you know, there will be uh specials, drink specials at Crompton Alehouse, uh the beers will be more expensive than it would be to go to Syracuse. <laughs> phenomenal yes how the money fallen oh it's so Terrific. good it's so good really it's good. so good um we gotta talk one thing before we get into john's session we got we got quickly hit on our seating wait what's our prediction who wait who wins the tournament who wins the biggest tournament we can't just gloss it over do we win it um 
I'm going now. I'm going now. I think we I think we win Thursday. We win Friday, and then we lose. We have some like weird loss on uh, on, the on Saturday game. on championship game, which would be which would be kind of weird if it's not like if it plays out. So it's we're not playing Providence. I have, I have a harder time seeing that scenario. But if it is Providence, I I don't have an issue making that my call. Yeah. So I think we win on Thursday. We said that already. Yeah. Um, I think if we get UConn on Friday, we're going to beat UConn. We're going to beat UConn. I feel good about beating UConn. That environment's going to be cool. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy, but we played in a crazier environment in Hartford a couple of weeks ago and had that game and had that game one down the stretch. And that was like their everything game. That was like, yeah, it went from, Oh, UConn, it's coming to UConn. It's here. Yeah. But like, right. Like that was their, that was their coming to, you know, coming to fruition game. And that's great for them. And I'm happy for them as a program. And I think that's good for the conference. But if we play UConn, I think we're going to beat them. If we have to play Seton Hall on Friday, I, I don't know if we can beat mm. Seton Hall three times. Like, and the way that we won 73-67, three, two, two games in a row, that, that team's playing a lot better than they were um, when we played them the last two times. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that they might get us uh, on Friday night at the Garden. They, we've had their number of late. Like at some point in time, the bill comes due. I could see the bill coming due. So if you if Seton Hall gets past UConn, then I think we're in for a tough matchup on Friday. On uh, yeah. and, and we're in for a tough matchup either way. I just think that Seton Hall will get over the hump more than UConn will. Um, on Saturday, if we make it to Saturday and we play Providence, it's going to be hard to beat that Providence team three times in a season. Yeah, um, it's going to be hard. I still think we get it done. I still think we win this Big East tournament. I, I I think that last year's getting knocked out, Colin Gillespie hasn't had a chance to take his team, his team through and win a Big East tournament. I think that plays a role. Um, the question is, is the guy, do the guys run out of gas um, yeah. in that Saturday game? I still think we get it done on the back of Colin and Jermaine leading this team, willing this team to victory. Because if you remember, yeah, we won the Big East tournament in 18. That wasn't obviously Colin and Jermaine's team. In 19, that was Phil and Eric's team, right? 20 got canceled. 21, we got knocked out by Georgetown. Colin was hurt. This is Colin Gillespie's chance to make his stamp on the Big East tournament. And I think he's going to take it um, in full stride. Yeah. I I will say, we I poo-pooed this all the time, but we know Colin is, you know, basically not not really on the draft radar, if you will. But there's always a chance. If you have a magical, magical March run, you can play yourself into that draft. So I still think it's a long shot, but he's got he's to know that's in the back of his mind too. I have so, a feeling. So seating. Yeah. Right now, Villanova's hovering the 2-3 line. We've gotten some. We've gotten some fortune in that uh, Texas Tech has fallen a little bit back. I think Texas Tech were the ones who looked the most likely to jump us on that three line. Um, you got you got Tennessee, um, who's who's on our heels. Purdue has fallen way back, um, and right now Wisconsin and Duke are in there. And Wisconsin's kind of a weird team because they keep winning games, but they keep winning games like Providence wins games. All close. They've taken some L's down the stretch too, etc. Whatever. And then obviously we mentioned Duke has not Duke is this is not a vintage Duke team, period. Like they have the talent, but they are, they don't show up for games like like on the regular. So yeah. 
So this Duke team, I don't know. I, I think there's too much. I almost think there's too much fanfare around the Coach K. Well, I know from my perspective, there's too much fanfare. Well, but sure. I think it's at the point where it's distracting to the to the current Duke Blue Devils team. There's a chance that we I mean, wind up yeah. in the higher end of the two seats, is my point. We will go out and win three games. Do I think that means that we can jump all the way to one? No, that's it. That's no, gone. no, no. That's gone. That's absolutely gone. not done. Done. Over. Um, but is there a chance that we can wind up in the higher end of the two line, like the sixth overall seed? Yeah, I think there is a chance. I think that we can get that high. Um, Kansas has weak has looked weaker down the stretch. Baylor's lost some guys. They've won those games since they lost um, since they lost some of their guys. But I, I don't think that they're going to fall back. Kentucky's taking some weird L's. Uh, I, I don't think we can get higher than that, but I think midway through the two line is, is about the limit for this team. Right now on bracket matrix with a top three seed, I think that's where we're going to wind up. I think we're going to wind up personally. I think we're going to wind up on the, um, the three line. I, I just see the way this breaks out. Um, which, is what, of, which is kind of what we should want, right? Yeah. Like we talked about this a few Correct. weeks ago. If we end up at the two, which, you know, we had Lucas Harkins on a few weeks ago. Right now, if you look at his bracket, he's got us on the two line, which usually they're like, ooh, two line, but it has us out west in Gonzaga's region. Yeah. And to be clear, like, we'd obviously prefer to play in Philadelphia, take that three slot, give me, give me Kansas, give me whoever it is. Yeah. Right? So in Philly, let's go. So, so the weird thing is here, Rob, is that, is that people might be like, oh, two, three, two, three. I, I don't care about the disrespect yeah. because, these teams no. are razor thin margin. In don't, don't. Matter zero. Matter zero. Matter yeah. zero. If you're a two, if you think that you're a three seed, right? If, if we get a three seed and you think that we're good enough to be a two, then you're not worried about playing the two seed that will ultimately get in the Sweet 16 game. Great logic. Right? Like, like so yeah. So I'm not worried about that. Now, you, you look at matchups and you always say, okay, right? Like, you always say, okay, like this tournament comes down to matchups after you get past your first round game, right? Like, it's just always the case. And you look at the six, seven line and you say, okay, there's a material difference between those teams, right? The six line is Alabama, Ohio state, LSU, Iowa right now per bracket matrix. Oh, really don't want Alabama. I, I know. Right. Like I, and I can see it coming because, because there's a storyline there with Quinterly. Yeah. Yeah. Versus the seven line, which is USC, Colorado state, Boise state, Murray state. Now there's some upstart teams there who could go on a run, but yeah, that's no a totally way. different world so that is the one big difference between the two and the three line but if you get past that game i think everything changes i think i think then it's just we can be the attack dogs coming from the three line like we were in 2009 where we got the three seed um and we played two seeded duke but people thought like you know if this team's just as good as duke was and we stomped duke right so you know, that's kind of where I think this all plays out. Yeah. So, so long story short, good chance for, good chance for a three, decent chance for a two as well. Look, regardless, we're going to be okay. It's going to be a two or a three seed for Villanova. Full stop. Get on board. I just hope we end up in Philly. Yeah. Same. If we lose to St. John's on Thursday, I still think we're a three. I don't yeah, think yeah, we, no, we're not, I don't think we can fall back. I don't think we can fall back at this not. point. At this point, I expect to be called a three on, uh, on, um, on, on selection Sunday. Totally. Yeah, because you look at some of the teams. UCLA is taking some lumps of late. Illinois is taking some lumps of late. Arkansas is taking some lumps of late. We beat Providence twice. Those are the teams on the four line. I, we're not going to drop behind all those teams. No chance. God, I'd love to play UCLA again. I think we'd stop them. 
Yeah, order. right. Right now, right now, I think we'd stop them. Yeah, we'd stop UCLA. I'm not. I, obviously, that's not, obviously, that's not, that's not how this works. But right, <laughs> play us. We want to play them again. That's we we'd like to. Can we, can we get a mulligan on that one? Let's, let's run it back down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're okay. So, Rob, I think we're ready for John Fanta. I think so. Always a welcome guest. On Don't the you want the Fanta, Fanta? Don't you want the Fanta, Fanta? That's right. Terrible. Let's not Horrible. tell him that. Let's Horrible. not tell him that that that's in the pod. That's right. That's, That's right. Okay. That's so mini break and we'll be back right after this with the goat of the big East, the legend himself, John Fanta. Stay tuned. everyone welcome back we have a special guest joining us once again on the podcast john fanta the legend himself thank you john for coming on chris rob it's always great to be with you guys and it is the best week of the year for us big east tournament madison square garden fans back in the building a deep league let's buckle up it's gonna be fun it's it's gonna be a blast um and John, we have to we have to thank you in front of our guests because uh, John's made uh, a, a special accommodation for us. Uh, in he is covering the women's uh, Big East tournament uh, right now at Mohegan Sun, and he's he said, "Guys, I have thirty minutes, so uh, we are we are squeezing John in. He's squeezing us in, um, and we're going to go pretty quick here through the questions. So thanks again, John, for coming on. Absolutely, with us. not never not a problem, guys. Not a problem at all. It. Uh... We go from the women's tournament to the men's tournament and basically back to back. And uh, that's that's what this time of year is about. Women's tournament has provided some entertainment value with uh, Villanova now in the semifinals, meeting Seton Hall. One wonders if we might get that twice. That's right. That's right. Um, and so on, on that note, John, I have to ask you this question. How much of a crime would it be if the women's NCAA tournament does not include Big East player of the year, Maddie Segrist. It would be an absolute crime if the NCAA tournament does not include Maddie Segrist and Villanova. And the reason for that is that Villanova is 19 and four with Maddie Segrist. 19 oh, and four. Right. And they are three and three without her. Three and three without her. She was her early in the season. So that altered them early on she is as important of a player to any team as there is in america and i think that what we've seen is the supporting cast has been able to to really grow as well leor garzon lucy olson for those who don't know two players that have continually gotten better brianna Hurley might be a name more familiar to folks she's mm -hmm. just continually been good throughout her career i think that they're a team that that their net ranking is what's wrong with the net because mm -hmm. the net doesn't fully account for some of the things going on there. And I do think this, and I, I do want to make this clear. I don't know if the net is the best way for women's basketball to go about their evaluating. And I say that because the sport is much more stylistic than the men's side. Right. So Villanova 
on the women's side, if you followed Harry Pareda at all, you know that a six-point lead for Harry Pareda felt like a 15-point lead for anybody else. Hmm. That's just how they play. Yeah. Right. That's how they play. And that doesn't – they don't hold that to account. They're not thinking that. And so their net has been outside the top 70. Hmm. They, they, have, they have a win over DePaul. They have a win over Creighton. They have and a win, win at UConn. Who, who else wins at UConn? No one wins at UConn. Nobody wins at UConn. You won at UConn. You're in. You should That's be it. in the NCAA tournament. Should, you, it should, should be an auto qualifier for sure. If you beat UConn, it's an auto qualifier. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Wildcats deserve to dance, plain and simple. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Well, I, I, I mean, look, Villanova has a way. If they beat UConn in Connecticut again, I assume that'll be their finals matchup if they make it that far. I um, think they're in, though. You think they're gonna? You think they're gonna be in either way? They're gonna make it. Yep. I've been reading these so. bracketologies, and they're like first four out. But I'm like, what? What? What else does Maddie Segrist have to do here, <laughs> and Denise Dillon have to do to get into this tournament? But right, um, they've been awesome down the stretch, and and it's been it's been fun to watch. Um, yes. And, and Maddie might be the pound for pound. This is might be a hot take. Pound for pound, best player, uh, best basketball player at Villanova on Villanova's campus. Wow. She might be. She might be. Hot takes. She may be. I I look, she's the big East player of the year, and she's gonna be an all-American. So she's she's right there. And her game is so versatile. Yeah. You know, she plays, she's a forward, but she creates for others. It's really, really special. Yeah. All righty. So fast forwarding to next week at the garden. Or I guess it's this week already. It's Sunday. Um, but this week at the garden. We saw yesterday how everything shake, shook out, and we know now we have in our hands the coveted Big East bracket, um, the second best bracket, if you will, um, that we get all season long. Uh, but uh, this is going to be a fun tournament. And the, the first thing that I saw when I was looking at the bracket was how the, how the, how the teams kind of shook out. There's like a glut of teams, obviously that are good that are going to make the NCAAs, but a lot of Midwestern teams, a lot of the Midwestern uh, region, if you will, of teams in the Thursday afternoon session. And then you have the local teams um, who also a good, a, a good bunch of teams in yeah. the Thursday night session. I got to ask you between those two or Friday night, what are you most excited for? What session are you most looking forward to? Well, I think that semifinal Friday at the Big East tournament is unlike anything that you really see all year because you get down to the last four. It's a doubleheader at the Garden. It's prime time. There's really nothing like it. And I look at this bracket this year and I say to myself, okay, so you're telling me that the potential is there on Friday night for potentially a Providence Marquette showdown. Obviously uh, the two meetings in the regular season were very different, but the most recent one was an outstanding game in Providence. Okay. Then the, the nightcap is either uh, it's going to be UConn or Seton Hall and Villanova. And I just think that that is incredible. I mean, that is, that is, that is incredible. Like, I, I just, I think that that is going to be a fantastic, fantastic semifinal Friday doubleheader. And I look at that and I say, wow, 
I mean, wow. Like that, that is big boy basketball. So I'm going to go with the semifinal Friday because I think yeah. the tournament gets deeper, it gets better. I know that quarterfinal Thursday night could be excellent, uh, especially if we get a Villanova-St. John's game just because anything can happen at the Garden. But I'm going to go with Friday night, guys, because I just think it's going to be really, really special because I think you have, if you get Villanova-UConn, you have two teams that could make a Sweet 16. And if you get Villanova-Seton Hall, it's a renewal of that rivalry, which has delivered the goods every time. And right now, Seton Hall's won eight of their last 10 games which has been pretty impressive considering they they've been a general hospital at times with the, with the injury front. So this has been a crazy final stretch for a couple of teams. And so I will go with semifinal Friday. I was, I was hoping, I was really hoping Seton Hall was going to end up in the top half of the half of the bracket. So we could get that kind of all local ish team Friday night semifinal. It would have been, I mean, the garden's going to be buzzing regardless but it just would have been, I don't know, it would have just felt like such a classic Big East Friday night matchup. Who could have had all Northeast teams? Oh, man. Because I have to imagine Seton Hall fans, obviously, gonna they're going to show out for it. UConn fans are going to show out for it. Providence fans, they've got to take advantage of this year, right? And you know Nova fans. Well, Nova fans are going to kind of show up like we kind of always do. Uh, Nova fans show up. They show up. They don't cheer. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, look, hey, they'll be there and they'll be bringing it. They'll be bringing the energy. Look, Villanova fans are are a certain kind, just like every other fan base is a certain kind. So, look, is it is it wine and cheese? Okay, maybe they like their wine and cheese, but you still can cheer and they do. And they've made the garden their atmosphere. And I think Villanova UConn will be a fascinating experiment on fan bases. Villanova fans will have to bring it. They're going to bring their A game that night. They're going to have to bring it. And the weird interplay there is if we get the semifinal Friday that I think we all want is Providence, UConn, and Villanova. It's going to be very interesting to see the interplay there between the UConn and the Providence fans. And John, you've had, you've hosted spaces. I've hosted spaces. It seems like every time I host a Villanova space, I have a UConn Providence argument breaking out in my space. Yeah. Oh, of (laughs) course. Every space, every space, they have to give it to one another. (laughs) I, I don't know. They, they both claim that they don't live in each other's head, but that's just simply not true. It's so that's, not true. That's simply not true. And I got to tell you right now, like, here's the thing. Be ha- like, apparently you can't be happy for just your own success and let that ride. I mean, look, I get the Providence stuff. I'll tell you what, if any fan base should be upset at Providence, it's Villanova. Villanova yeah. won two games over Providence and is sitting here thinking, hey, if you had played out your whole schedule, maybe we win the Big East. No, we would never say that, John. Come on. John, we finished half a game ahead of the Providence Friars in the, in, the, uh, in the standings. If you look at it that way, that's not how the Big East looks at it. That's fine. Providence won the games that were in front of them. Um, you know, they, they took DePaul into overtime. They, they, you know, they had a couple other things that happened. It was interesting season. Um, but yeah, but yeah. they won the games. They won the games here's the thing. So, and not to, to go off the topic, I know you guys haven't asked the question, but I do think that Villanova has been able to unlayer some different parts of who they are over the last month, offensively, finding more balance, getting Jermaine Samuels and Brandon Slater involved a little bit more, seeing some consistency with, with shot making. I don't know if it, 
if it'll translate to the degree you'd like to see it in the postseason. But a little over a month ago, I was sitting here thinking, oh man, on the offensive end of the floor, if they don't get this from Gillespie and this from Moore, they're in a tough time. But I like what I'm seeing here. I think this team has gotten better. Yeah. We were, we were literally saying the same thing before this call. And it's funny, you said we didn't ask the question. We were literally going to tee up the question and say, so how have the expectations changed, the postseason expectations changed for Villanova since things do seem to be clicking a little bit more? Yeah, really, really much so. I mean, I, I do think that the expectations change. And when I say that, here, here's where I sit on this. Two weeks ago, I was probably thinking, ah, they can make a sweet 16. If they get balanced, and I think that this team, it, in the metrics, they took a bit of a dip. Uh, I'd have to check again where they are in defense. But, but they've been a team that I think defends better than maybe they get discussed. Because of their style, they have to defend. They have to play defense. And, and they limit possessions, but that's okay. It's a good thing. It, it, what it does is it, it creates frustrations for an opponent. I think now, I thought previously second weekend, now, my expectation is in a world where the top six teams lost last weekend, in a world where, like, I'm watching other top teams and I'm like, okay, they're a little bit vulnerable, like, or I see some things. I say now, why not? Yeah. Why, why can't Villanova be in a regional final in the Elite Eight? Tell me why. I don't have a good reason for you, John. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking the same thing as you at, are. <laughs> at this point, yeah. So let's see what happens. Yeah. And, and that's all you could say is, is you got a shot in the dance. And if Villanova goes out and wins the Big East tournament, then I think we're talking about the two line. Right. Yeah. And if they're on the two line, they're not losing to a 15. Uh, they're not losing to a seven or 10. If you look at this, if you look at those lines, you're, you're not going to those seed lines on the bracketology. It's I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't Gillespie and Justin Moore aren't losing to a seven out of 10. No, they're not. So yeah. then so then you what you get to the point of a of a three or six. I mean, then it's, we'll see. Roll the balls out. Let's see what happens. But look, it's it's doable. It's doable. Totally. All right. So, should, we, should we go back to the Big East? Yeah, let's go back to the Big East. So so speaking of of a little bit of that NCAA mix, but bringing in the in the Big East, Xavier is a team that struggled down the stretch uh, quite a bit. Um, they appear in my eyes to be the only team that's a question mark um, in terms of bubble bubble thing. When Creighton beat UConn on Wednesday, I think you like Creighton has to be in the field, period. That's a tournament team. They've beaten Villanova. They've beaten, they've beaten UConn. Like twice they beat UConn. Like, I'm sorry, that, that Creighton's a tournament team. Yes. I, I can't envision a situation where they're literally on the bubble. Um, but Xavier fell way back down the stretch. They had an opportunity yesterday they got right in a lot of ways versus Georgetown. Now, Xavier is such an interesting team because on paper, you look at them and say, how does this team not make, how does this team not sweet 16 second weekend capable? And yet they haven't been able to put it together the all, whole second half of the season. But if they can get past Butler on Wednesday, they have an opportunity of a lifetime to cement their bid uh, by beating Providence. Right. And and Xavier 
their two of their best performances over the course of the last month or so have been versus Providence. Yes. It's a matchup that has worked to their favor. You know, I'm looking at this team. I mean, Paul Scruggs has got to get going. Right. I don't know what's going on, but he's in single digits in four of his last five games. He has not shot the basketball well. If you look at his last three games, Paul Scruggs is shooting 10 for 26. Not good enough. So here's the thing. I don't know what's going on with this team. To me, they're a team that relies a lot on Nate Johnson's ability to hit perimeter shots. And that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because if he's not hitting perimeter shots, what are you going to do? Right. I haven't the slightest idea what happened to Zach Fremantle. One, one game he looks outstanding. The next, I don't even know what happened. It's weird. It's a very weirdly inconsistent team. Yeah. It's a team that's too talented to be 18 and 12. So I can't figure them out. Could they go on a run? Of course. I mean, they're certainly talented enough. It was funny. Like when Chris Mack made his elite eight run, they were in 11. Right. <laughs> they barely made it. Wild. And if I remember correctly, they, they beat Florida state in the first round and then kept rolling from there. So look, I, I look at this team, Jack Nungy has been a godsend. He's a matchup problem. Yep. Nungy is a matchup problem. If they didn't have Nungy, whoa. I mean, he has big 10 experience. He's been just measured in his approach. Real good player. But, but I don't know. I mean, they, their bench hasn't given them enough. Right. And Fremantle's been off this year. So I'm not buying Xavier. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not because I just don't like what I've seen overall. And you should be Georgetown. Right, right, right. You should be Georgetown. So what do you think they have to do? Is, it, is, is beating Butler enough? Or yeah. Do they... yeah, if they beat Butler on a neutral, they're in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. As long Because if you lose to Providence on a neutral court, why, what's the harm there? So you're right. telling me that if they were in, you're, you had them in, which is what people are going to have. The, they're going to have them in. Right. And then you face Providence. And you if, you if you lost the game. So now you're out? Right, right. Yeah, well, no, I, I get it. <laughs> well, how is that? You know what I mean? Like, I always think of this on the bubble side of things. It's kind of like being in the mafia. It's really hard to get in, but once you're in, you're in. I like it. I it's like also it. really, it's That's also great. really hard to get out because you know what happens when you're kicked out. You're eventually going to get, shot, you're eventually going to get shot and killed. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Josh. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> So, so that's a team that's kind of on the back end, so to speak. I know we've talked about St. John's in, t- in the context of they need to make a run to the to the right. biggie. They need to win the whole thing to get sure. there. That's that's it, pure and simple. Uh, they did not. They had a chance maybe down the stretch, but gave away a couple games that they shouldn't. That they needed, absolutely needed, and didn't get. Um, but but talking about the top end, uh, Villanova, Providence, UConn. Yeah. Big East needs those teams. I know we talked about Villanova's seeding. I think I think Villanova's pretty locked in at a three. I don't think after Texas Tech took a tumble um, late, I don't think Villanova's going to fall back from the three line. Right. Um, but Providence is currently a four. They I don't think they've moved off of that spot since <clears throat> since the uh, selection preview show. And UConn, I think bracket bracket people have them at like a five ish, five five ish. What can they do? What can they do to get to uh, short of winning the 
Big East tournament? Do they need to win two games to move up a seed line, or do you don't think they can even move up a seed line? Oh, it's hard. It depends on the fashion in which they win and what else happens around the country. Right. It really does. So I had this theory probably five years ago where I was thinking to myself, yeah, if they win the tournament this week, they're going to move up a seed line or two. Well, time has shown that that's just not the case. Right. The committee, I have a theory, and that is that Wednesday when the Big East tournament tips off, the committee knows their field. They might have two or three teams that they are thinking about axing. And they might move a team a seed line. Right. I do not think you're moving two seed lines over the course of a conference tournament. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah, that's. I, I just don't think that. And so I look at it. I think if Villanova wins the, the Big East tournament, that they are deserving of a two seed. Right. I think if Providence wins the Big East tournament, that they are deserving of moving up to the three line. Yep. Now they have not moved at all. No. So they, if they win the Big East tournament and they won the Big East regular season, I know their metrics are their metrics, but at that point, they would be 27 and four. That's a, it's a good record. Do you not have a team like that on the, on the, on the one line? line. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, right. you'd be considering them for the one line. Right. Now, now, that's not going to happen, but I think a two, or I, excuse me, I think at the worst, a three. I mean, they deserve to be a three. I, UConn maybe can get up to a four. UConn losing to Creighton again does not help them. I think UConn will probably be a five. If they win the Big East tournament, okay, we'll move them to a four. But but I think Connecticut's pretty stable in the five spot. And, and so what can they do in the NCAAs? They're going to have to – look, everybody's susceptible on the first Thursday and Friday. It's what makes the first Thursday and Friday the first Thursday and Friday. Right. So – at the very least, you got to win that game. And the goal needs to be to get all three of those teams the second weekend. Yep. They're all capable of it. I don't know if that's going to happen. I I just get a sense right now watching teams play. Like, I think we might get a second weekend team from somebody not named those three. I agree. Just by virtue of a dark horse emerging. Course, yeah. You know, I, I think there's a couple teams that still could put a run together. I still think, you, you know what I think Marquette is a byproduct of? The league knowing them. Right. They learned the game plan. <laughs> After enough time, they learned the game plan. Right. Now in March, that's new for opponents. Yeah. And if you haven't played Marquette, Villanova fans know it. Hard. That's hard, true. hard team to play. They're a difficult matchup. Yikes. Seton Hall, to me, could be the dark horse of the tournament because of the NCAA tournament. Because they're probably – they could get a seven seed now after the win at Creighton. And their metrics are good enough, I think, that lend themselves to get on the seven line. I would not want to be the 10 on the other side of that. And if I'm a two, you know, like, once we, once we get there, I think the top of the country has a bunch of really good teams. But I also think the top of the country has shown, yeah, they have holes. They do. Realistically, there's, there's some holes there. If you get the right draw, something could happen. Something right. could happen. They they could be a team that pulls it off. And one thing about Seton Hall is they're playing games that they're in every night. They're every, in every game. Every single game they're in. And they play. Even yeah. yesterday, win or lose yesterday, they lost Kadari Richmond early in that game. 
and they fought and won that game against Creighton, that's Willard's got that team going right now. They are mentally locked in. Yeah, how about the fact they only had seven assists in the win? That's crazy. So they don't, they're not great offensively at all, but they just grind you down. And that's what they did. They, they are, you know what it is, Chris and Rob is they do not get afraid of anybody. No. So like you go to Creighton packed house, insane, eh, really didn't get faced by it at all. Like, and that's, that's why they play Villanova tough. I mean, the, one of the best games of the, of the regular season that probably doesn't get discussed enough was the Villanova Seton Hall game of Wells Fargo. Mm. That was a terrific game and a great oh, win for Villanova. I thought yeah. Villanova, I thought Villanova really showed their cojones down the stretch in that win. Yeah. And Villanova's had a couple of those moments here over the last month. And, and I think that this team is ready. I think that the Wildcats are ready to make a deep run. So John, uh-huh. before we let you go, who's winning? the big East tournament. Yeah. I'll get asked this question probably 12 times. <laughs> How many different answers will you have? By the time, uh, <laughs> I'll probably have two or three different answers. <laughs> okay. Um, I think Villanova is going to win the big East tournament. Okay. You know, I, I think it's going to be a Providence Villanova final. I don't think we'll see something insane in terms of a, of a lower seed winning, winning a shocker. I just think that Villanova is playing too well right now. I like their draw. Um, I, I know that they could end up drawing UConn. I don't know if I'm ready to buy UConn to that degree in the semifinals against Villanova. I don't... Winning a revenge game versus Villanova would be, would be, would be tough. Like yeah. it would be, I actually think Hall for that reason might be, might be a tougher matchup for Villanova in that game. Bingo. Bingo. Although I don't know if the hall can beat UConn. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm going with Villanova on this. I think that they're playing the best basketball at the end of the day in this league. I know that could change. Uh, I think Providence has the best draw. Yes. One seed it typically does. I think that Providence is going to make the final. I really do believe that. And maybe Providence wins it. Maybe they do, but uh, I will lean with the Wildcats. All right, we'll take it. I love it. I love it. When you go on the uh, Providence podcast, I won't be surprised to hear you pick Providence <laughs> there. But that's but you okay. Know what? It, it, it's genuinely one of those things where I, it's hard to pick. Yeah. It's hard, it's to, hard pick. to pick. I don't love picking. It's hard to pick. No, it is hard to pick. Um, so, uh, Rob, do we have anything else to cover? No, I think that's, I think we hit the highlights for sure, John. Thank you so much for your time, for squeezing us in. I know you're kind of back to back all day. So really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris and Rob. Always great to join you guys. Happy March. Yeah, same to you. See you, see you at the garden. Thanks, guys. Talk to you guys.